We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all the things going down in Manhattan. The latest news, top stories, and insider perspectives to keep you in the know. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by Holiday Distillery and their vast assortment of spirits. And now, the latest episode of Three Maw. All right, welcome into another Three Maw pod. We're joined with uh, Marcus Noel. You might recognize him, brother of Marquise, K-State third-team All-American, guy that I think easily could have been Big 12 Player of the Year, and I know Marcus certainly feels the same way. Marcus, we we made our case as best as we could on uh, on yeah. Twitter social media for that, uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to come through. But guess what? I think you'd rather that Marquise is still the one plan uh, while Kansas is at home right now. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, hey, I-, I wanted to have you on because obviously this is a a really, really cool week, a really cool storyline unique that Marquise, Naquan, Tyke-ish, Curtis Kelly on the staff getting to come home to where you guys live, New York City, from Harlem, getting to play in Madison Square Garden for the very first time in Marquise's career in the Sweet 16 with everything on the line. Just take me through what these last like 10 days, since you found out K-State was seated in the East region, and if they won two games, they could end up playing an MSG. What these last 10 to 14 days have really been like for you and your family? Yeah, so for me personally, I've, I was just as excited as Marquise and the rest of the team and the staff because... Um, this year when I came to K-State, I think my first visit to K-State other than last year with the new staff was in July. And this is when it was still on the rebuilding process on a catback tour and things of that nature. So I kind of seen the behind the scenes work that, you know, Jerome Tang and Marquise and, you know, Yurik and everybody was doing to try to build this culture that we have now. And, um, I'm big on manifestation. Like that's one of my biggest things that I love to speak about is manifesting your future and speaking positivity into your life and things of that nature. Um, because I learned over time from a mentor of mine that the definition of future, if you Google the definition of future, it says the moment after you speak or write something. So I'm big on writing my goals down. I'm big on speaking goals into my life. So, you know, when it was just Ish and Marquise, we will always say 10 times a day and we will point at the banners in the, um, an ice facility 
Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and we would say, I'm so happy and grateful now that we're in the Sweet 16, or I'm so happy and grateful now that we're in Elite Eight. So when we got, you know, Selection Sunday came, my palms were sweaty. I was, you know, nervous. Obviously, I knew we would get in, but it was just a nerve-wracking feeling. Like, I hope we land in the region that could bring Marquise back home. Um, Because, honestly, I've watched Marquise literally sacrifice from going home just to stay focused. And um, sometimes I question it. You know, I wanted Marquise. We got big street ball tournaments in New York. Um, and I, I wanted to see Keith, you know, keep his flame lit in New York, I, so to say. Um, and I used to beg Keith, like, Yo, no, go back, go play. He's just like, no, I'm going to stay in the gym. Like, you know, I'm going to stay in the gym. I just want to stay in the gym. I just want to stay at school. And to see that he's now going back, not by choice, but by because he accomplished some things that were in his path to get him back home. It's a surreal feeling um, to know that Marquise has never played in Madison Square Garden um, ever as a New Yorker is 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 big um, because, you know, coming up when he, he was looking for colleges, obviously Big East is the, is the conference closest to home. So we was trying to find out how to stay close to home so family could be at the game. So, you know, this whole notion of going home and Marquise having a, Welcome home game is just, you know, a blessing in disguise. And I'm so happy for him um, because now he gets to have his playground in the backyard where he's from. So that's I'm excited for that. How many family and friends do you think will be there? So many. Yeah, I've been on the phone all <laughs> day long about tickets and stuff. I don't even want to say the word ticket. Like I, I'm over the word ticket at this point. So It'll be a, it'll be fun. It'll be so many friends and family there. Um, so many friends and families watching outside from the bars, you know, maybe that can get in due to whatever reason. But it's going to be so many people, just that energy that's going to be cultivated around Kansas State in New York um, is going to be crazy because we got so much love from the outside part. In. I'm hoping it's kind of got a home feel to it with uh, all the New Yorkers that'll be pulling for the K-State guys. Now, I know Tyson Walker, obviously a transfer from Northeastern, also from NYC too, right? So, you know, I'm sure he'll have some friends and family there too. That's a cool story as well. In fact, they'll probably be going up against Marquise and guarding each other, which will just add to the storyline. Uh, but look, look, Marcus, I we, we struggled enough on our end to find two tickets for this game that were uh, reasonably priced. So we're flying in on Thursday morning from uh, Kansas City to New York City. My first trip to New York, I think I messaged you that on Twitter that uh, I'll be making my way there for the very first time. And I'm thrilled uh, that I get the opportunity to go watch the Cats and uh, cheer them on. And hopefully I'll run into you there. I I'm sure we'll run into each other at the very least in MSG. I owe you a pizza. That's right. I owe you a pizza, man. I yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, you know what would be great like if because uh, we're getting in Thursday it'll probably be a little chaotic but the cats win and uh, I meet up with you on Friday we'll meet up and uh, maybe we can make something work yeah. out that that would be awesome As the, uh, so I, I, I say that because I can't imagine the chaos it's been for you guys trying to track down as many tickets as you're going to need um, for everybody that's going to want to be there for such a unique opportunity so um, I can't wait can't wait for it so hey I I want to go back, just go back a year ago, because you kind of hit on it, but Jerome Tang and the hiring of him and Marquise obviously pushed for him too. Uh, you guys are, are big fans of the staff. And I know one of the first things that Jerome Tang did was come to New York City and meet with you and, and your family as well and what that meant to you. Just, I mean, Jerome Tang's as real as it gets to everyone. I, I mean, just what are your impressions of him and this entire coaching staff? 
to be honest, you know, when when the departure of Bruce Bruce Weber happened, um, we sat back and we was debating on what was next for us. And I knew that I genuinely wanted Marquise to continue to play at K-State. Uh, I'm a creature of habit. I'm not a person that likes much change. I don't like to move from apartment to apartment. I don't like to move from city to city. So I'm a person that likes to stay grounded and, you know, fight through whatever adversity may strike, right? Um, but I was real, real, real diligent on my coach search process along with whoever was searching, you know, at K-State. So whenever names dropped, I was looking into that person and really dig digging deep. And, um, you know, when they dropped Jerome Tang, I was just like, I told Marquis secretively, I said, hey, listen, if we get Jerome Tang, we stand. But if we don't, I'm not going to lie, we leave him, man. And, and he was like, why do you? Why are you so adamant on Jerome Tang? And I'm, I was telling him about how much studying I did. And you didn't see nothing bad about Jerome Tang. Like, you could look at coaches and sometimes, you know, I've learned in the Twitter world. I, I would admit, I'm just now learning the Twitter world. So, you know, you see things about people online all the time. And when I was looking for Jerome Tang, I was looking for one bad comment. Literally, I saw I was looking for was one bad comment. And from Baylor fans, all I kept seeing was so many positive things on how much they didn't want to lose him, how much of an asset he was. And I was like, that has to mean something. And then I started digging deep and, you know, doing my own research on who he is and found out he's a great recruiter, found out that, you know, me and Keith are big on our faith. And I found out that he was, you know, similar in that regard. Um, but, you know, just to see where is that now is, is a blessing. Um, Jerome Tang being a hire is just like a blessing in disguise case they has been praying for. I made a tweet a long time ago and I'm let it age. Well, I said, Jerome Tang will be the best coach that ever coached that case. They, I personally feel like it because I don't think that anybody's going to be able to out recruit him. I don't think anybody's going to be able to out culture him. And I don't think anybody's going to be able to, you know, really tap in with every single soul that is fully invested into case day, how he is. So, um, I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. Um, in my opinion, they couldn't have been a better hire. And um, I'm thankful that he came to K-State and was able to coach my brother through life, not just through basketball, you know, because we see the we see the highlights, but it's the it's the it's the sleepless nights, it's the crying days, it's those days that you guys don't see um that Jerome Taylor handles with care. You know, and we me and Marquise, we've been through this process a long time now. And we've been coached by some Hall of Fame coaches, literally people that have been in the Hall of Fame. We've been coached by some ex-NBA coaches. We've been coached by, you know, just standard coaches. And Jerome Tang has been by far my favorite coach. Um, and so has the supporting cast of Ronnie Perry, Yurik, Reem, and everybody, you know, uh, coach, um, I call him, um, I call him Mr. Miyagi. But, you know, everybody that's on the staff, I, I love them so dearly because of how much, and, and Coach Marco handle everything with so much care. You know, it, it, it's, I've never seen nothing like it. You know, I've never seen nothing like it. I mean, the, I think one of the things that stands out to me, obviously, Marcus, is not only are they tremendous basketball coaches, but they're tremendous human beings. And uh, I've gotten to selfishly experience that firsthand as they welcomed my six-year-old son, uh, Rudy, in, and they, you know, engage with him. They engage with the kids. Like, they take the time before a game, 45 minutes before tip-off, to bring kids down on the court and... They're just, they're building a fan base of the future and they, they totally understand that. And, uh, I just have a great deal of appreciation for how they go about everything that they do. Mark coach Marco says the first game of the tip has text me and my mom in the group chat, the link to the game and just, you know, 
was just luck every game. And it's little things like that. When they sat, it's crazy because Marquise been playing basketball since the age of five, right? No coach has ever sat in my living room. None. And Marquise has been coached by a tremendous amount of coaches with experience, with high-level IQ in the game. And no coach has ever sat in living room with my mom and my dad. So that meant so much for me so early on but it just was reassurance of what I already, you know, dug up of Jerome Tang. And I, I'm so thankful for him, man. God is going to bless him in so many ways that this year is just a, it's just the first step to like so many major blessings that's going to happen for Kansas State, Jerome Tang, his family, and everybody else that's centered around what we got going on here. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, I want to I wanna talk about this picture that you tweeted out right after Kansas State advances Sweet 16 because it's it's an incredible picture. And if you guys haven't seen it on social media, which I'm sure most K-State fans have, uh, it's you and Marquise at the park on a bench, sleeping, mm-hmm. taking a nap. Um, and I'm just going to quote you. You say, we used to work out for hours, go to a park bench, take a nap, then get back to working out. I'm just a big brother who's willing to see anything, to see his little man's dream manifest. Can you take us through just like growing up and like th- this picture here and what it encapsulates? It- it's it's a pretty powerful photo, Mark. It's like what what it's been like the grind to get it to where Marquise is now. You and your family. It's a family operation, obviously, and you were a big part of that. So to be honest, the reason I'm gonna tell you the reason why I, t- I tweeted it and then the backstory of it. The reason that I tweeted it was when we were winding down the time and we were beating Kentucky. I started tearing and I'm not a, anybody tell you I'm not an emotional guy. Like I'm really not emotional. Um, but I started tearing because Kentucky's Marquise's dream school. When he used to dream when he was a kid, he used to always say UK, I'm going to UK, I'm going to play for Calipari. And there was a coach when he was younger that told him you can never play for Calipari. They told him that. And he took it real personal. And he left the program because of that, because Marquise has this reality distortion about himself. He believes he can do whatever he puts his mind to, and I and I helped him believe that. And when we got on the floor with Kentucky and he beat Kentucky, it was like that full circle moment for me to know that not only did he want to go to that school at one point and he admired that school and everything about it, but he beat which, you know, we say idols become rivals. We we beat them. And um, he had a magnificent game. So it made me tear when I see him hit the step back three. And then Ish made it worse when he hit the three because I remember July. I, I go back to July. And when Ish hit the three, I really started tearing. And I tweeted that picture because I remember back in the day, you know, coming up with Marquise. He, and I told, you know, D. Scott this. He's, I asked Marquise sitting on the bed. We used to have these beds that were right by each other. Right, these two little beds. And I sat on the bed and I asked Marquise, you know, what do you want to do with life? Because I remember like thinking, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to know what my brother wanted to do. And he said, I want to go to the NBA. And at that moment, I vowed to myself that and no matter what it what it took, I was gonna make sure that my brother wears an NBA jersey. And, you know, coming up with his grind, we lived in East New York, Brooklyn, where that's an hour away from where we used to practice, where we used to hang out, where we used to do everything. 
And we used to wake up at five in the morning, no alarm clock. And this is when iPhones weren't a thing. So we used to have to set alarm clocks. But, you know, my at the time, my mom used to be really, really strict on Marquise. He had to get all A's in order to play. So if he had a B, he couldn't play. So I used to be for my mom, like, you know, Marquise has to play. Like, he's not failing. Like, let's not do this to him. Let's not. So, you know, this is inside school story. Nobody knows. I used to sneak Marquise out of the house at five in the morning. I used to get in so much trouble. Like, I'm talking about real trouble um, for sneaking him out during games. But I was like, I will take the, you know, punishment. I'll take whatever comes with, you know, disrespecting or not following mom's rules. But I got to make sure that you're playing, man, because we got a dream that we got to, you know, accomplish. And when we used to leave at five in the morning, we used to take an hour train ride from East New York, Brooklyn to Harlem, New York. By the time it was like seven in the morning, we used to walk through Central Park and any available court, we used to just shoot on and practice on and just shoot on it. Because I left out early and I didn't ask mom for no money, I would try to hold on to the little money that I did have, little five, ten dollars. And we would make that five, ten dollars stretch with sandwiches and juices and we'll just stay in the park all day. And I'll study, you know, I'll study the people that were coming up, you know, short guards and I'll study their moves and I'll do it with keys and we'll just go from park to park to park to park to park to park working out. So that picture that you see there, my dad at the time was a commentator. Now a, com a commentator is like any other commentator in an arena, but in streetball in New York. You get people that's on the microphone making the game lively. And my dad used to do that for a living. So in the middle of the day, we used to stop working out. We used to go to my dad's tournament and watch basketball. But before the tournament, me and Marquise went to the corner of the what was uh, the elevated like bench or scaffold for the, for the spectators to come watch the games. And we took a nap there. And this photographer took that picture of me and him taking a nap before the games that my pops used to commentate on. Um, and then after the games were done, we will, it'll be nighttime. That specific tournament had lights. We'll work out there some more. And then by the time it was 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, we'll take the hour of a train ride back home, take a shower, go to bed and do it again and again and again and again and every single day. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. So you would go 5 a.m. to basically 10, 11 o'clock at night every single day. That's why if you ask, I always tell people jokingly, right? 
you know, like when someone passes away, you know, and somebody's speaking on, on their behalf, they always listen good qualities about that person. So they give like a list, a breakdown, like, you know, this person was this, you know, he was so funny. I said, Marquise's obituary, everybody would say Marquise is the hardest worker I know because he will go from literally sun up to sundown, literally. And he wouldn't want to stop. He would just keep going. And he will always say like, Somebody's out working me, bro. Somebody's out working me. There's only 60 picks in the draft. And there's somebody in China working. There's somebody in Australia working. There's somebody in Budapest working. There's somebody working, bro. They only give 60 picks. And that was just always his mindset. Like, I got to work. Somebody's working. So, you know, I just embody that. And I try to, you know, not be the brother that's like, oh, come on, Keith, I'm tired. But be the brother that's like, yeah, somebody is working. Let's go, you know. It's a, uh, I got to attest, Mark, it's hard not to get a little emotional just hearing your story because of, I don't think most people know all the sacrifices that go into what you guys have done to get here. Um, what an incredible big brother you are to yeah. those sacrifices and to put all that time in to make sure that your little brother had success. I mean, that's, that's an incredible, incredible yeah. sport. And that's why I'm so passionate about Marquise not his basketball per se, but because of who he is as a person. Marquise is a person that's a really good person. Like he's a really good person. And I want so much for him because I he deserves it. Like God on the truth cold. I don't really tell this to much people, but I when I pray to God sometimes, I ask God to pause my blessings and just give it to Keith because I feel like he just is that much deserving of it. You know, he works so hard. He doesn't cut no corners. He will do whatever for anybody. He just, he doesn't want a dollar. His, his saying is, I don't want a dollar more than what I'm old or a dollar less than what I deserve. I want exactly what I deserve. And he always preaches to me as his older brother, like, you know, meet God the whole way. So your reward could be double. And I, you know, I learned so much from my younger brother and, you know, he deserves, you know, everything he gets. So when I see, sometimes I see the slander, I try him the hardest to just close my eyes and, and go, but the reality is I know the work that he puts in. I know the sacrifice that he makes. I know how much it means to him to win for this university and not just to him. I know how much he's willing to give. You know, Marquise will give his life for the game of basketball. And when a good person is mixed with hard work and good ethics and, you know, you just feel like you, you just want them to win at life. So, you know, I, I, I love that kid to death. Man. He deserves it. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's hard with social media, right? And some of the instant reactions. Oh, learning the Twitter world. I mean, I get it. Like I get it, Marcus. I mean, I used to be I used to be immature on there, you know, and get all caught up in the emotions. And I've gotten much better where I just I put my phone away during games for the most part because it keeps me from saying something stupid. Uh, and, and admittedly, I've gotten to know the team a decent amount, and you know. My six-year-old, his favorite player is Marquise. He idolizes him. You've probably seen pictures on Twitter, like yeah. he's had pictures with Marquise multiple times. He he wants to be Marquise, and having gotten to interact with Marquise, like you, and and all the players, you just you get to know him on a personal level. Like you got to understand these are college kids, and they work so damn hard. Uh, sure. You know, I just try to hit pause on any sort of criticism that goes their way, even if you're frustrated. So I totally understand that. It'd be really hard to be a family member, like. Oh, yeah. if my if my son plays college basketball, so be an unfortunate. Like I don't want to be on Twitter because <laughs> I don't want to see I don't see what people are saying. Hey, uh, so obviously, look, Marquise is what five seven, five eight. Like 
take me through for people like myself that don't know the New York scene well, like getting on the court at Rucker Park or on the different courts there, like was Marquise's height like a detriment? Like, would they not let him? Like, would people like be like, hey, like, you know, this guy can't play. Uh, he's too short. Like, or how how did that go? Honestly, like to be God honest truth, growing up in a park in New York is probably more scarier than playing in the championship game for NCAA. To play in a packed out Dykeman game is scarier than playing in a championship game. As and I'm t- anybody in New York will be like, he's probably right because the pressure that you have. The crowd is on top of you. It's like if you make one mistake, the crowd is like attacking you. You don't really get that when you're playing in a more professional setting like college basketball. Marquise always had to have this level of like grit and toughness. One, because he's my brother and I wouldn't allow anything other than that. But two, being that small, in order to even get on the court with older boys or grown men, you got to have some toughness about you or you got to have a skill set that gives you some edge. Um, so growing up, he didn't really have much of a problem getting on the court because he was always good. Like he always did that one thing that stuck out. And I will never forget Marquise was six years old and I was 12. And um, the coach let him practice with us. And Marquise went down the lane as a six year old, literally probably like, Four nine, four eight, way shorter than where he is now. And he scored a, a legit basket. Like nobody was trying to let the little kids score. He scored. And I was like, he might be really good. And then, you know, some tournaments that I played in, I will I will beg the coach, like, you know, let my brother get a minute, you know? Cause I liked basketball, but I didn't love it. Um, and it's because I, I didn't have anybody teaching me. You know, I was good, but I wasn't that good. I, was, I, I had passion for it, but I didn't, I couldn't get past that hump of being okay. And um, I would just let Keys go because he had that fire. You could tell he was just like a thirst quen- He was thirst quenching for like the moment. And um, he plays in the big tournament and he was playing in 14 and under and he was like seven years old and he scored again. And I'm like, all right, well, this kid might be really good. Like, let's start working on skill development. So he never really had much problem getting on the court. My dad never allowed him to play his age. He always played up. So as a... As a high schooler, he was playing in unlimited division, which means grown men, like actual grown men playing as a, you know, as a middle schooler, he was playing in college division. So he's always had to get bumped around in that toughness, which is why you can see moves like him going up Oscar Sheway chest and slamming the ball. And that's second nature to him. Like those things are second nature to him. What do you make of that photo of Marquise between the two Kentucky guys there on the base? That's the coolest photo that he got. Literally, that's the coolest photo that he got. You gonna frame that? You gonna blow that thing up? Yeah, I need that. I need that. I mean, I want to frame. I, I want to frame it, Marcus. Like, I want yeah. that picture hanging in my office. That's an incredible photo. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a cool photo. I mean, just watching him in that game. You mentioned his dream was to play for Calipari, play at Kentucky. Like, it it did seem like it meant more to him than like just watching his interactions on the court, like his emotions as he was playing. Like he. He slammed the ball down that one time, but there was another time he made that floater to put him up 47-43, and I saw him go to the baseline and say something. Like, he was... I bet he was in a different metric space. <laughs> yeah, you could tell. You could tell. that I didn't know if it was because of Kentucky or if it was just because the thought of getting to the Sweet 16 and going home. It was Kentucky. It was not New York. It was Kentucky. Like, I told... I, told, I made a joke to... Uh, 
Curtis Kelly, I say you putting Kentucky in front of the Sweet 16 was equivalent to putting a raw steak in front of a pit bull for Marquise. Like, you put them there, that was the worst thing they could do. They could have put anybody else, and I probably would have been nervous. Like, oh, man, I hope we don't, we, we don't have to play this, you know, this style of play. When I seen Kentucky, I said, yeah, we're going to the Sweet 16. It's over because Marquis not losing to them. Uh, could you tell Key State fans that Tom Izzo in Michigan State was like the second choice that he really wanted to be at? So, so the we, thing is, so look, I'm going to tell you how Marquise has this ship on his shoulder for this game. So Tyson Walker and Marquise are close friends. They, I posted a picture on Twitter the other day of uh, them as a kid. Tyson Walker has never beat Marquise in a, in a high school game. Tyson Walker played for Christ. So let me give you some New York City background. Christ the King High School and Bishop Lachlan are rival schools, like big, like KU and K-State, like big, big rivals. Marquise played for Bishop Lachlan and Tyson Walker played for Christ the King. Now, it's not, Christ the King owns Lachlan as far as wins and losses go, right? But since Marquise, when Marquise went to Bishop Lachlan, Christ the King has never beat Marquise. So he knows that Tyson is going with a chip on his shoulder because he's never beat him, but it's still that Bishop Lachlan versus Christ the King moment in his mind mentally, like, you would not beat me because of this. Uh, you know, I paid for Bishop Lachlan. So he's still got that chip on his shoulder. And every game is just going to be another thing that he motivates himself for. When we go and win in the Sweet 16, when it's time to go to Elite 8, he wants to cut down nets in the garden and, and, and go to Houston and so on and so forth. No. I mean, what an incredible moment that would be to, to cut down the nets to go to the Final Four in your home city in Madison Square Garden. Like, I... I covered the team, Marcus, in 2010 um, as a beat writer. When they made it to the Elite Eight, they lost to Butler um, in a really close game. And, look, I grew up a K-State fan, and then I had to be neutral when I covered the team. But it was hard to, like, watch Butler cut down the nets right in front of me because my dream is to watch my alma mater go to a Final Four. And K-State got close again in 18, um, fell short in the Elite Eight. And I really, you know, I really just, I feel like this team can get over the hump and get him to the final four. And so yeah. uh, what an opportunity it'll be. And then that's partially I'm excited to be in New York City because I don't want to miss the moment where they could clinch to go to the final four. Like that would be one of the best moments of my life in terms of sports and them. So, uh, well, hey, well, I mean, on the matchup front, like what do you make of the Michigan State matchup? I, honestly, if I'm being totally honest, I really personally... I, so I, I, I'm like a, a junkie when it comes to like studying teams, studying matchups. Cause I give, I'm like Marquise's good angel on his shoulder. So like, I'm telling him like, Hey, this team plays this way. So eight times out of 10, he's not listening to me, but the two times out of 10, he listens to me. It works. So we always joke about it. So, you know, I watch teams and I study how coverage, how they play defense, how they play the guard. And, you know, I'm basically telling keys like this, is what you should do X, Y, and Z. So I studied Michigan state and, you know, anybody could beat anybody on any given night is March. But if we play our game um, the way we know how to play our game, it, it, we we beat them at one through five as far as skill set goes. I think at the one, we have the advantage. As two, we have the advantage. As three, we have the advantage. As the four, we have the advantage. Five is kind of head-to-head to me. Um, but I feel like our bench is much stronger. And I feel like our defense is way better. I don't feel like they do anything crazy on defense. They don't force a lot of turnovers. They don't get anybody rattled. They really try to run the same set. Um, I think Izzo is a creature of habit, so he runs his sets no matter what teams it's on. Um, so I think we beat them by a lot, especially if our shot is falling. If we went 0 for 13 in the first game, um, 
I could see our shot falling or not. I feel like Keontae's going to get whatever he wants on the floor uh, come Thursday, and he's going to have a big game. But, I, you know, I want to put this on record. I, I feel like Tyke's going to have a big game. You know, Tyke and Cam, uh, I can feel it. My gut is usually not wrong. I can feel a big game out of them as well. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I feel like they're due for one of those games where everybody's clicking, right? Where, you know, you think about the game in Austin against Texas when all those guys were on at once and what they were able to do and you know, they've struggled from three a little bit over the last three games, and you just you feel like they're due for that breakout game where 10 plus threes go. I mean, I talked about that on our preview pod that's going to drop on Wednesday. Then I just I feel like Marquise, but also Cam, Desi, Deontay, like they all could be clicking at once. And they, like you said, like this is a, a Michigan State team on the defensive end, and historically Tom Izzo never – they don't look to turn you over. Like they don't pressure – to try and force you into mistakes. You look at their rankings, they're like 330th in the country or beyond and turnovers per possession forced each of the last four or five years. So they're not a ball pressure type team that's looking to do that. They have their own style. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's some certainly some favorable matchups there. I feel good about it. Everybody's intimidated by the Izzo factor, right? But I think K-State has a pretty darn good coach in itself and good talent, right? I mean, the, the thing I think, is- I think- Give him the nod because he is Izzo and, you know, Tang is a first-year head coach, but you do got to, you know, not you, but they do have to realize, like, Tang has, you know, experience. He's a veteran. He's not a new kid on the block. He's a veteran. He just got to the head coaching, you know, title, but he is a veteran and he's been around the neck of the woods. So, you know, it shows. It shows every every game. It showed against Calipari. It showed, you know. Well, well, think about this, Marcus. If Tang were to beat Michigan State, hey State, this team and Jerome Tang would have beat, would have won five games against national championship coaches this year alone. Scott That's Drew, Scott Drew twice, Bill Self, John Calipari, and then Tom Izzo. They, yeah. He'd be he'd be five and one against national championship coaches this year if they win. Like I want to push that stat out. You know I'm hey, a guy. You've seen me on Twitter. You got on me about the rebounding stat I put out. Yeah. I was getting scolded. I was like, man, Marcus is mad at me. I was like, I'm not saying Marcus are going to lose. I just was putting the, you know, I'm the numbers guy. So, yeah. I told you, to my defense, I'm big on manifestation. So, I'm big on putting the energy where you want it. You know, like, for example, if you told me as a friend, you say, hey, Marcus, man, I really want to get this journalism gig. You know, I would only speak energy until you get in it. I wouldn't even think about all you can put. But that's what you have to do. And so I learned that after you checked it, like, hey, I have to do it. <laughs> but it's, I'm like, all right, my bad. I owe you pizza for that one. But no, no you, you, know, know. you don't owe me pizza for that. I just want to hang out with you, man. I don't yeah. like I'm I'm grateful for you and your family, for Marquise, uh, for everybody on this team. Hey, uh, one one more question, like in the New York scene, like Naquan, obviously, Ty Key-ish. Like, did Marquise, did you guys know them? Growing up, or like any familiarity. So the the cool thing about uh Ish is I know him Ish since he was a kid. I watched Ish grow up. I actually sent the coach earlier a video of um Ish and Marquise 
working out a long time ago. Let's see if I text him from this phone. But um, I sent him a video of Marquise Ish working out a long time ago with Mo Bamba and Carmelo Anthony when they were like kids. Ish looked like Screech from um, uh, you know, when he was younger. Um, Naquan is a hidden gem. I I've never known Naquan up until this year. I didn't know anything about him. I never heard of them. And to see that there's like hidden skill sets out there and in, in all of New York like that is crazy. Taiki, his brother, I used to mentor his brother. I, so I do network marketing by trade and I make a lot of money off network marketing. And his brother was one of my mentees. And so, you know, I knew about Taiki when he was in Stony Brook. His brother was sharing with me some of his highlights and some of his crazy dunks back in Stony Brook. So I knew about Taiki, but, um, Naquan was the hidden gem. You know, when they told me he was from Harlem, I'm like, where? I never seen him play basketball. But then when I heard his story, it was fitting. So it's cool to know that that kid, his story is so unique. I mean, he, and he's an awesome personality too. And, uh, you know, in addition to Marquis shining in the tournament, Marcus, I, I think Naquan is a guy that's, I think a lot of people are going to be a lot more familiar with once this tournament gets over. I mean, he's he's got the potential. You've seen it the first two games of what he can do when he stays on the court. And, uh, man, looking forward to him shining some more. He had limitless potential, man. Him, you know, just next year, next year's team with Taj Manning, Taj Manning is going to wake a lot of people up next year, man. Taj Manning is so good that I don't think he's going to do four years at K-State. I don't think he's a four-year player. I think that he will go to the NBA after two years. That's how good he is. Wow. Wow. I mean, remember that's... I told you that, oh, remember I told you that. that I'm going to... Look, look this is going to be out there. Like, it's on the record, Marcus. Like, we can point back to this in two, three years and be like, Marcus Noel called this man. Like, he... It is that NBA player, Cole. He is so good. And I, I watched some of their practices in the summertime, and I was amazed about... He's so fundamentally sound. And if you go back to his La Lumiere days and you watch him, La Lumiere started really winning when they started giving him more minutes. He's yeah. really, really, really good. He's really I mean, good. The coaching staff, Jerome Tang on his coaches show, has talked him up being an all-conference player um, before his time's done. So, obviously, I don't um, think he's not doing four years in college. <laughs> man, I, I'm jealous we didn't get to watch him this year, man. Because, like, like, I want to see him play now. He is really good. Like, he's the sneaky person that nobody's talking about this year. But that team next year, when he plays, he is really good, man. He's really good. Hey, I, I know I said one last question, but I'll close with this. Like, you talked about Jerome Tang and the staff earlier. Like, if you were telling a recruit, like you were in their living room telling a recruit like why they should come play for Kansas State and this coaching staff, what would what would be your sales pitch to them after getting to know these guys? I wouldn't even have to convince them. I wouldn't spend my time. I would start off by saying I'm not going to spend any time trying to convince you. What I'm going to lay out in front of you is just straight facts about this coaching staff. Um, you're never going to get a group of guys, and I've been around it. I've, I've, Marquise has played for Bob Hurl. Marquise has played for uh, Darrell Walker, who coached in the NBA and coached Tracy McGrady. Marquise has played for some coaches. They're never going to get a coach who's more in tune with on-the-court and off-the-court things that matter. Um, you never gonna, And I will tell the parent, you would never have to worry about your kid crying home because mentally they not, it's not working out for them at that university. 
you're never going to put your kid in a, in a university where you have to worry about them getting in any choppy trouble because Manhattan, Kansas is the happiest place on earth. You're never going to have to be put in a situation where they don't feel loved, where they don't feel like they have family away from home. You're never going to put them in a situation where they're going to have to look over their back and wonder, do this person really, you know, rock with me how they say they do? Because everybody is, you know, as thorough as I've ever met. And you're going to play in the best conference in America. I told Keontae this when he was coming to, I had a big, I'm a big reason why Keontae came to Kansas State because I wrote him personally. And I told him, I said, hey, listen, you got two options, Conference USA or Kansas State. In the Big 12, I said, you know, you go kill in the Conference USA. What they're going to tell you is you're supposed to do that. Use SEC preseason player of the year. You're in a major program. That's supposed to happen. You come do that in the Big 12, you're going to have the biggest story in college basketball. And, you know, he jokingly tells me now, like, bro, you were right. And I say, yeah, bro, it takes care of itself. You don't have to really do much here. You just have to prove who you already know and everybody know you to be. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't have to convince anybody. I would say, look at what we created in year one. Could you imagine being a part of that where everything is fun? Everybody loves everybody. Like you don't get that, man. You don't get that where everybody is, loves being around everybody. Nobody's really tired of anybody. Everybody around you wants to see you win. There's no animosity. There's no jealousy. All the coaches are really helping you develop on and off the court. And they teaching you things that's going to hold value to you. When you graduate, you know, because life after basketball, you got to have some things that you can hold on to as far as morals, standpoints and values. And they're going to teach you all the right things to be a good husband, a good father, a good brother, a good son, you know, and, and things of that nature. So you want to be put in a position where you can win all across the board. And what better conference than the Big 12 and what better place than Manhattan, Kansas to have fun and, and go explore and, and go win. And so. And Kansas is about to be a, a real good tourist destination for so many years because the recruits are going to start piling in. Um, and yeah, man, we're going we're gonna to take this thing and elevate it to a whole nother level. Well, and your brother is going to be a legend there forever. You know, I, I think uh, I think his jersey will go in the rafters, Marcus. So, um, and I hope that's what happens. So, I hope, we have, you guys, we, have, we have you guys back, you know, to Manhattan have Marquise out there on the court and honoring him on Legends Weekends and whatnot. You guys keep coming back to Manhattan even after his career is over. So um, I appreciate it, man. I, this was great, Marcus. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. I know you got a lot going on right now. It is a big week for you guys. You got family time with Marquise, hopefully, trying to get tickets arranged. So thank you for your generosity. This was really fascinating just to learn more about you, your family, and Marquise. So thanks so much, man man and I, I i hope you know blessings come upon you the podcast and everybody else that's attached to you man i wish you nothing but success thanks for listening to kc sports network don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well you can find all six of our channels at kcsn covering the chiefs the royals sporting kc and the kc current plus ku k-state or mizzou by searching kcsn wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.